welcome to the 114th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? Good. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, uh, the FCC recently released their new national broadband maps. Uh, they're a pretty big departure from the prior mapping solution. <laughs> to get us started, uh, which we're very familiar with, to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about how they're different? Oh, boy. They're like night and day, right? <laughs> so the old form 477, you spend more time in this than, than I did. You know, who is where with technology, but not with speed? And it was all tied down to census block. And if one person in a census block was covered, then the entire census block was deemed covered. Now, that's not a problem in Manhattan, where a census block is a building, right? Because it goes on population density. Right. That's a problem in rural America or like in Alaska where we have a census block that's like 4,000 square miles, right? And to think if one, one location is covered, the entire census block is covered is a little bit of a stretch. And so there was a lot of complaining that the numbers were not accurate. So the FCC went back and through a lengthy process, is now providing the data in, what was it, 100 by 100 or 100 meter? Hex bins. Hex bins, right? Mm -hmm. And so the whole country has now coverage data based, based on 100 meter. That's about 100 yards, you know, for people who, who, who like the imperial system, like Myanmar and Liberia, the only two other countries who do it still. Anyway, this is my plug for the metric system. You know, now we know, for example, where where operators have like 35 over 3 or 7 over 1 5G service. Right. So let's, let's, let's pull it back for a second, right? So like what we're saying is there's a much higher level of granularity in terms of how yeah. the data is reported, right? So, so now instead of having non-standard, you know, census blocks, which, as you say, can be huge or very, very tiny, uh, and one, one household served, counting as being coverage, we now have a, a standardized method by which the reporting da- the data is reported out. One of the things I thought was interesting, though, and you, you just hit on it a bit, is the thresholds, right? So there, there, there are different thresholds of service in terms of down speed and up speed. Can you tell, yeah. talk a little bit about how that varies for mobile versus fixed technology? As I mentioned for mobile, you know, there, there are several data sets collected. For 5G, there's the 35 over 3, the 7 over 1, then there's LTE without a speed requirement, and so the operators had to submit that in these hundred meter you know, hexoids where they think they there's a ninety percent likelihood that they can provide it with that speed in that block. Okay? Right. So they're 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 probably looking at their propagation layers and saying this is this is where we have coverage. This is modeled data. This is yep. not live test data. 
This is model right. data, which has an uncertainty to it, right? Because drive testing, you know, you're not drive testing every road. You know, now carriers might start drive testing literally every road and something that not even Google Street View has done. And to, so to provide better data. And then we have fixed internet. It, at the, on the wireless side, the FCC provided the, the, the operators with the speed tiers. On fixed, they did not. And so every company could choose the speed tier that they wanted. And so that will provide you with a lot of different variations. But again, it's only two speed tiers per technology. But finally, we have a good idea of who can get what in what geography, right? Right. So you can look up your address and you can see that Biosat is offering you service, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or SpaceX, which is actually called Space Exploratory Company. So if you were looking for SpaceX, that's the acronym, right? Or if Verizon or T-Mobile offers you fixed wireless service or somebody you may or may not ever have heard of, or the usual suspects like the, your local cable company and your local ILEC. But I think one of the things that's interesting is on the fixed side, you know, each provider is providing that, you know, quote unquote, high or low bucket, right? So you may have a situation where provider A has buckets that have lower speeds but higher coverage, right? Because then they can say we yeah. have, we cover a higher proportion of, of hex bins within a given geography. Or you may have another provider who wants to be, you know, claim the fastest and say, we have the fastest buckets and here's where they are. So there's there's interesting kind of game theory implications in terms of how providers will will report data here. Well that is true for for fixed internet. Right. For wireless they didn't have that choice. So if you have one company that provides 300 megabits or 200 megabits in that hexoid, and the other one provides 36, then they're all the same because it's based on usage, on, on a usage scenario. Because when you look through it, 35 is a generous amount for 4K video. And the seven is a generous amount for HD video. So that's when when I look at it, and I haven't talked with the FCC of how did they come up with these numbers. But when I simply use, you know, an ounce of logic, then that's what I come up with, right? Mm-hmm. And an LTE, in my opinion, is, you know, probably around five megabits, which is still enough for HD, but it's definitely enough for SD. And so, you know, and Don, you dug into it. When you actually get the data set, maybe you can you can tell us a little bit more about it, like what you see in, in terms of DB and, and that. Yeah, so it's interesting on the wireless side, you know, we downloaded the 5G and our data and, you know, First, first thing I would say is that the 100 meter hex bins, if you're you know used to working on GIS, are tend to be that's pretty small. It's a lot smaller than your average zip code size or even your census block size, and so kind of 
finding data to match up with it or rationalize it, you're, you're probably looking at doing some level of aggregation if you're looking at th- pulling things like population in or things like that. But I mean, you know, the, what I, the other thing I would say is, you know, in addition to those speed tiers, as you mentioned, there's also signal strength there. And so signal strength is not always one-to-one in terms of coverage, far from it, but it's one of the primary factors you have to work with, particularly at the cell edge or the covered ed- edge of coverage. And so you can see that too in, in 10 dB increments. So it goes anywhere from, I believe it's 70, neg 70 dB to neg 120 dB. So it gives you an understanding of kind of what the what the carriers on the wireless side are working with from a propagation perspective, and you know as I as I mentioned earlier, is far far more data than we ever got with the last iteration of four seven seven data, which was already a lot, which was already a lot exactly. And so we have like huge granular data, and you're going to do God's work and are incorporating that into our in our decision service, our survey uh, stuff, and so our customers uh, or clients can use this then to filter all of our data that we're getting. And that will be like, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of work between now and then, but I mean, basically what they've released is a blueprint on coverage for wireless and broadband for the entire country, right? And where it gets interesting is rural America, right? Because you start seeing where where the coverage starts to fade. Well, and that's and that's where the census block methodology that the old 477 data use really falls apart, right? Is when you get into less less dense areas and I think you would agree from a digital divide perspective that's where the most work needs to be done in terms of kind of understanding where coverage actually is and where we need to to make up ground. Absolutely. And and so it will be very interesting to see, you know, this data will come out on a semi-annual basis. So, for example, in May, we will then see how much did the fixed wireless providers build out because they also submitted their data. So we can see now by these 100-meter hexoids where there's fixed wireless and where, where it isn't. So urban America is not that interesting because, at least from a wireless perspective, because at least this will look like everybody is like at parity, right? Because that, oh, I'm faster than you, got, got, got its legs taken out by the 35 megabit solution. Whereas in rural America, we will have like so much more visibility of what's going on. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think it's, it's a good day for the industry in terms of visibility, in terms of what's available out there. But I think it's also a good day for consumers in terms of being able to determine what options really are available at a high, higher level of specificity. You know, you have to look at it a little bit with a grain of salt. One of the things that consumers will realize is the websites of the, the different carriers will show a slightly different coverage map than that of the FCC. And the reason is they are not apples to apples, right? The websites very of the carriers very often rely on, on actual drive testing or... Internal propagation models. No, or the data from consumer apps, right? Like Ookla or, or OpenSignal and the like. And the data in the FCC is a propagation model. And the DB that 
that the the db is the the the, the signal strength in a in a very crude way right that is deemed appropriate on the carrier side is a different db number than that of of the fcc it might only be one or two dbs apart but in rural america that makes a big difference now that doesn't mean that the carriers are lying it means that the threshold and the the granularity that the carriers are using on their websites is slightly different and they think with the, their settings that customers still have a good experience the fcc said a number and you know we cut it all the same way so well, I, mean, I think the reality is the carriers all have the freedom to build out their networks how they want right and they may use different tools to do that i think in some cases they do i know because I used to be work, work on network testing, that the carriers use propagation models for their coverage maps, as well as drive tests, which I've also worked on. But this is saying, you know, the, the FCC is saying, this is the means by which we're measuring everybody with the same yardstick. That doesn't mean that it, there's not, you know, a lot of care and effort going on to deploy other means of kind of testing and, and you know, building the network on the carrier side and that by definition are going to be different carry by carrier, right? Yes. And, and I think it's a great thing. Also, when you look at the comparison of the different who is where, you know, not everybody covers the same parts of the U.S. as the other carrier with the same technology. And this, I think, is a cautionary tale for the guys who want to have one network for them all. Because I think this really shows that we want to have a competition of different carriers building different networks. And some will be better in some places than others. And so you want to have that network competition. And I think this website shows very impressively why we want that. Because not everybody is the same. And some carriers, like I looked at a website at a place like in California, you know, it was a farm like surround near like military installations. There was only one carrier offering service to that farm. And then in another place of the country, in like West Virginia, uh, another carrier was the only one who provided service there. And so we want that network competition. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll put a link to the site where folks can check this out in the show notes because I think it's a fun tool to play around with. You can type your address in and, and toggle between technologies and fixed versus wireless, et cetera. Uh, and I think it's a really interesting tool, you know, for for industry observers like we are, but also for the average the everyday person to kind of see what's available. Great tool for the Thanksgiving refugees who are running away from their family. On Thursday, right? There you go. You can figure out where the coverage at your, your grandmother's house is, right? Exactly. Well, as preparation, right? And use it as an excuse not to go. All right. All right. Thanks, Roger. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.